Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The party starts now. Well, hello and welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan. Heather Brittany is normally with us. She's in in route from San Francisco to Los Angeles. She might be joining us, but if not, you will have me for the full hour. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, and we strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations because we want to catapult you from wishing upon a star to really imagining your dreams as if they've already happened and talk as if you're living your dreams and then, of course, act as if you already have everything you need to be the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life because the truth is we really do. We just have to kind of dig deep and find it. The miracle moment for today. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, good. Heather, you are here. Yay. Okay, so... Here's so Heather is with us. I'm glad you found a spot to pull over. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity. And we hope that you will uh, visit our new website at be the And we also have a really fun fundraiser going on that is uh, at you caring and it is hashtag. Um, uh, for literacy, so hopefully that you'll get involved. So this is the miracle moment. It's from Robert Brault. Today I bent the truth to be kind, and I have no regret, for I am far surer of what is kind than I am of what is true. You have to think about that one. I bent Mm -hmm. the truth to be kind, and I have no regret. For I'm far surer of what is kind than I am of what is true. So, uh, so true. You know, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? How sometimes, you know, you have to maybe not tell quite a white lie, but at least be a little bit more, um, uh, you know, socially graceful yeah, with answering. Like, do I look fat in this dress? Well, you might say, it's not the most flattering dress on you that I've ever seen. Right? It's so saying, yeah, you look like a cow. <laughs> and, and you know something, too, I just want to jump back on. You were talking about um, some uh, things going on right now to donate to the charity. 
something yes. people can do every day without really having to worry about giving an additional donation is by using um, Good Search as their search engine um, and typing in the charity for Be The Star You Are. I think every time you search it, I think Be The Star gets a penny, but each penny adds up. And as you know, a penny saved is penny earned. And as well as you are one of the millions of people out there that use Amazon, Amazon has Amazon Smile, which same thing. Um, it just will bring you to uh, the main page, and each time you log on, each time you buy things, um, it's not going to cost you anything, but uh, Amazon will donate, you know, a few pennies or something of each purchase. And then again, every little bit adds up. So just think about that extra little thing you could do without really having to do much at all. So You know, Heather, thank you for bringing there. that up because it's so true. I now, my search engine is Good Search, and it is true. It's only a couple of pennies every time you search, but they do add up after a while. And the Amazon Smile is great because so many people buy things on Amazon and uh, you can just hook it up so that you get the Prime, you get everything that normally comes with Amazon, right? But it costs you absolutely nothing. And, you know, it's, it's giving to a charity a good cause. So thank you for bringing that up. So yeah. what we're going to be talking about today, so that everybody knows, of course, it, summer's around the corner, so we're going to take a different approach to our landscaping. And we will go into the June garden to talk about how to make your garden more lush and luxurious. We're also going to talk about networking and do you find it stressful and difficult and, you know, and some tips kind of to overcome your fears to get you out there and give your elevator speech. Some people love to network. I don't happen to be one of those people, but uh, we do have to do it. But right now we're getting back to addictions. Uh, Last week we were talking about addictions to pornography which are really causing some problems. And this week, Heather's going to be talking about internet gaming addiction because it really is a spreading virus. So there's more addictions out there than ever before, huh, Heather? Oh, my goodness. I think with with uh, with technology, I think we're finding um, that <laughs> they're kind of doing this reverse thing. There's so many things now with the internet that things, are, or even just with technology, things that used to be at our house, we now have the need to take with us everywhere. For example, using a phone. That used to be something you could only do at your house. You had to wait for that call or you missed the call. And now that's something we do, we do on the road, we do in the office, we do every, we don't, in the middle of the desert and on a walk, you can do anything. Um, Same thing with the computer. It used to be that same. And now we've kind of reversed with the things that we used to do outside of our home, like going out to dinner, buying groceries, even going to work, uh, now we can do that all at home. We can have things sent to us, purchased through us. Uh, we don't have to do these things going out. So um, with this kind of thing going on, this new phenomenon, uh, well, you know, video games have been around for the last 30 years or, or plus, and as we've seen, just the graphics get more intense, and um, it's really astonishing to see how far we've come in an artistic way. As you look back to the old Pac-Mans and stuff, these little circles, and now things look almost like you're watching a real movie. Yes, um, it's like virtual that, reality almost. And, and <laughs> funny you said virtual reality. I remember being a kid, there used to be, I think they've long gone out of business, um, like these stores in the mall that you could do virtual reality, and it looked, it, it was really cool, you know, you had those big glasses on, but when you're in the virtual reality, it sort of looked like you were in a Nintendo game. It looked very cartoony, but it felt like, you know, you 
everything was right there, sort of that 3D sensation. Now they have things that it feels and looks like real life. Um, and with all these things of, of we talked about before about with the, the pornography, you know, is uh, isolating people. These things are supposed to draw people close together, really isolating people, is um, online gaming now. And there is uh, online gambling gaming that's been going on as well, which they've found new things that even become even more addictive with people who have gambling issues. Um, but just internet gaming um, in regards to things like World of Warcraft, or they have many, many different levels and names. Um, but the, signs, the things that they find most addictive uh, with these particular games are things that emulate life and the things that emulate uh, groups almost. So um, now you, you can talk live and communicate with someone. However, their avatar is who you are seeing on the screen what's representing, and you build these towns and cities, and you fight together. So there is this sense of camaraderie in these things, and I think that's what draws a lot of people to it. And oftentimes, uh, people that maybe on their own feel isolated, maybe, you know, kind of being a, a, an internet geek is sort of like, you know, being the old book geek, the old, you know, bookworm things that people that spend their time uh, on the computer. And... Um, with these gaming things that's happening is people currently become so involved with it. It starts, it feels like these are their friends. It feels like this is the community and they're you know, no longer going to job, to, to the job, to, to school, um, isolating themselves. They've actually had cases where people be up playing these things and some, you know, are dangerous. Some are the ones that play, you know, uh, almost mimicking war, uh, which has existed for a long time. They even use these, some of these in, in training programs. Um, but a lot that they've had people that will stay up for hours and hours and I've seen people who have died. I personally don't think that's because uh, you're not dying because of the video game. You're dying because of the lack of sleep in your body. I was going to say it's probably crying. exhaustion, right? I mean, it's probably I, that you're just so hyped up that you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're not taking care of yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, and with that being said, um, excuse me, that, uh, <laughs> In China, they actually have these programs that uh, were sending, they send their kids them because uh, it's almost like a, a deprogramming for uh, children who have become addicted to um, internet gaming. And it's very uh, military-like, what I've heard, and that just kind of, you know, wean these kids off. Um, the internet and there and addiction specialists have actually started to kind of um, integrate this into their studies and to viewing this as um, a real psychological thing because right now it just seems like no someone's just being lazy or they like playing video games um, but as you know as said from on different uh, different things that humans that we've created that become these psychological things, just how, um, you know, now, you know, alcohol, drugs, that people can have sex addiction, um, you know, internet addiction, TV addiction, that we can be addicted to um, these non-life living things um, because it actually senses, excuse me, stimulates um, that portion in our brain that is that reward system. So, you know, when we... Uh, when we are attracted to drugs and alcohol and all those kinds of things, there's a part of our brain that stimulates it. The first time you try something, that's why people continuously um, keep that high. And either when you reach that peak with things and you receive that reward of being high, of, of you know, runner's high, they even say, you know, that, that great sensation that you feel, um, your body becomes conditioned. Your brain is a conditioning muscle and organ that it 
you know, it program, reprograms itself. It knows this is something good, this is something bad. But sometimes that overly, the stimulation of something that's good, even if knowingly it's bad, um, our brain sort of over time, we become obsessed more with the reward of it. And we start kind of worrying, uh, worrying less about all the other obstacles leading to it. Again, uh, that's just in, in general, such as for drug addiction. And they did um, an MRI study, uh, which was the, I'm forgetting the, the school that it was done to, but they looked at two brains, and one was a brain of someone um, who had been uh, addicted to cocaine. And someone, uh, in the other brain they were looking at was someone that was addicted to Internet gambling, which is all kind of varying on the things of Internet gaming. And the brains looked exactly the same. Oh, and my gosh. Now, that's really so scary. That's showing that of what um, these addictions do, that, that stimulation and how that kind of, that takes over, that we want these things. So, um, you know, I don't know what to do in this new world of this programming. We, as humans, as we know, and I always say that we will be, we, we worry about all these things in life, and I think we are the ones that we're truly destroying our our society where we have great things um, with all good things also comes um, consequences. And, we, you know, unfortunately, I think there's, uh, I think the internet is great. I think, I think video games can be great. I think things can be uh, teaching tools. I think the secret with all of our health stuff is moderation when it comes to it. Right. Um, moderation is the key to everything. But, you know, what do you do when somebody's already like so involved? I mean, I have had, young students who are like eight and nine years old to come in for acting. And literally, I couldn't uh, help them at all because they did not want to get off of their iPads and their games. They just wouldn't stop. They just were like addicted to these games. And that's all they wanted to talk about is like, can we just talk about games? Can we just play games? And it's like, no. (laughs) I don't know what happens to them at school. Well, I think for me, what's harder is... It's a different generation. So for me, that you know, cell phones came. I didn't like for cell phones until going to college, and you know, back then because there was you know a dollar a minute to use and video games. I mean, there was Nintendo and Sega, um, but they weren't as worth they were today. But I felt like you know, I was someone. Uh, we had uh, you know the video game. What did we have? Nintendo One, <laughs> and I think we had Nintendo and. and- uh, and we just never, for us, you know, it was really exciting. It was really fun. We got it. But we just weren't, we were those kind of kids that we loved being outside. And, right. you know, we didn't, it wasn't fun to be cooped up because we lived in an area. We wanted to play. We wanted to play sports and go explore and use our imaginations. And eventually, you know, when, uh, I think, you know, God, I, I can't even remember still playing it past first grade or something, um, having friends and neighbors that had something, but I just never really got into, you know, the video game stuff beyond that. Um, but kids today, I mean, that's everything. And, and parents now, you know, oh, the kids acting up, they hand them, you know, the, the iPod or the um, iPad, and it has, you know, kid games on it and books, you know, so it does have educational things, but at a young age, you know, we're showing, we're giving our kids these things and saying, here, take this, this is good, this is... Yeah, I was looking, uh, actually, I was watching a a baby that was like 18 months old, and she was already playing on a phone, you know, and literally... rolling through the picture, so it's something that, you know, we think for us, it blows our minds. But also, I mean, technology is here to stay, and it's here to 
continuously improve and, and hopefully get better and, and crazier and all these things. And soon we'll just be able to send our holograms into the office instead of actually going ourselves. Um, but this is the way of the future that we have to, we have to not, you know, think so continuously negative about, um, these technology things, uh, because it's going to continuously grow. And this is the way our society is going. Um, I think as, you know, the adults that are in it that, um, are kind of seeing the consequences that kids now who were exposed to it at these young ages, um, when you're still learning, when you're at your peak for uh, sort of addiction, when you're at that experimental uh, time in your life, and that's something with our brains that they actually develop and change, and that's why you have totally different views uh, for the most part that you did uh, at, at in your 20s as then verse your 25 and verse 30 or 40 than when you do it at 16. And I think, too, of the things that I thought I'd want to do or that I thought were cool or the things I even did, and you think, oh, my God, I can't believe I skipped school or I, I could have got kicked out. It was something, something at the time, you know, it was about fun or valuable. Um, and you don't really think about the consequences because your brain hasn't developed that yet. And that the, so for adults, for us now, um, we, you know, we've already passed that really intensive, uh, and not to say that, this, that addictions or that this can't happen to someone at a later stage in life, because it can, um, but people, young people are the most susceptible to it because their brain is still in that um, exploration and experimentational stage. So... I think, you know, the best advice, and this coming from someone who doesn't have any children yet, but I think the best advice um, is if, you know, you're, if you're introducing um, computers and phones to your children at younger ages, is to start with those parental, they have little parental controls on I have an Amazon uh, Kindle, and it has a setting on it that it's for kids that uh, I think you can program it that it will allow, like, 20 minutes of, you know, computer playtime, and, and you can, you know, block certain things if you want or only have it open, um, be accessible to learning programs, learning sites. Um, but something after, you know, you might say, okay, you can use the computer for three minutes, and then suddenly the computer basically will shut down. This kind of pretty screen comes on. It says, go on play, and it's, you know, playtime and computer time and stuff. And kids kind of give this little reminder. Um, and this kind of kill switch that, all right, this is done now. Time to go outside. So, um, well, if you remember, and this is like a lot of years ago, I want to say it might have been 2003. Um, So that's, you know, 13 years ago. We had an author in the studio in San Diego when we were broadcasting from San Diego. And he had written a book. His name was uh, Richard Louvre. And he wrote a book, Last Child in the Woods. And he was predicting at that time that uh, because of technology, children were going to lose sight of playtime and they were not going to have experiences outside anymore. And uh, that was something that we were going to have to really be aware of. And I think it's so interesting because what he wrote about has really come to be. 100%. And even in the way of a book, I'm just you're talking that now things a lot more people do things as ebooks and on computer. I'm someone, especially for text and things, I like having a physical book. And my eyes do not do well with me. And that's something I wonder about um, about our future generation with children of being exposed to that kind of false Because, light yes, it, it tires so your eyes. Because when you're looking at it, you, in real life, I forget how many times we blink per minute. 
Um, but when you're looking at a computer, you can go 30 minutes without like your eyes are thick, and that's why oftentimes you, oh, God, and blur vision. I didn't have to start wearing glasses until I had moved, uh, when I was working in medical, until uh, we moved from uh, paper records to electronical medical records. And so I was in front of a computer. I mean, so when I was talking with clients and, and patients, I was typing in all their information into their file uh, onto the computer instead of writing it in, which uh, is uh, in the, the pros of it so efficient. You know, we no longer lose files. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to worry about messy handwriting or what did that person say. Right, I mean, right. Everything's computer in there, but uh, along with the security risk of things for the person documenting it, there's that strain of now being in front of a screen for eight to ten hours a day. Um, and that what had happened was eventually after work, I'd get up and my eyes were so blurry and so, um, you know, kind of disoriented that now I, I need to wear glasses because I, I have a sleep stigmatism. You know, so I'm always curious about, you know, if these more studies as things go on. Yeah, and um, I'm the same way. I don't need to wear glasses. I don't, I only will wear glasses when I'm working on the computer. Otherwise, I never, ever, ever need them. But the computer does something to my eyes. I don't know what it is. You know, where it just, I, if I don't, if I don't use it, then I, you know, I may not do the right thing. So, yeah, it is a little bit scary. But let's go back let's, before we end about the addictiveness of, um, of the video games. So they're more addictive when their in-game rewards are based on leveling system is what I understand. Because people just keep wanting to get higher and higher and higher and each successful level begins to take more play time to reach and then it might take weeks or months to level up. And then by this time, the gamer has gradually adapted and accepted that this greater effort required is to reach the next level. But, you know, it's like, how do you, I mean, I just don't understand why you find this so reward. you know, why people would find this so rewarding. And that's the hint of the addiction right there. Think of, you know, when people, start addiction is you're always chasing that first high. And so, you know, they need to go higher and higher and there's that sense of accomplishment with this that you know with people that it's hard oh I didn't win and and then just when when it comes to a healthy thing such as sports how people get competitive in it you know that they want to do better and better and it feels so good when you get to that level and now you want to get to the next level and it's going to take time well I guess too because you can play two users can be on opposite sides of the world and they can interact and join together in this common quest and that probably adds to the excitement and the exploratory nature of all these modern games. 100%. And exactly. And it has this false sense of our community. We're a team. It's, you know, it's almost a uh, mirroring of what if you were on a sports team, except it's not healthy. You're just sitting in a room all alone by yourself. Um, <laughs> right. yeah, it, again, it's, what happens is the kids and, and people, they're becoming addictive in that sense because you feel accomplished and you feel, too, that, so much you don't want to give up now because you've just realized you've spent the last week alone in your room playing this game. And so it's like, well, I'm in, I'm in this deep now. I got to keep going. And and further and further the spiral grows uh, goes. And and, what, and really in the end, what is your accomplishment? Now you get the end of the game. And I think that's also too is a big sort of the down. Of well, you know, and the other the thing that I was reading about these addictive video games is that um, they don't, yeah, and a, a video game that does not become evictive, it doesn't reward short and on scheduled periods of play. So the games that are really addictive, 
they require these long-term commitments, could be months or years, of regular gaming mm. sessions that last at least an hour or more. So what happens is people are investing so much time, months, developing a character that they don't want to um, throw away all that hard work and uninstall the game. So that's how they get them addicted. I mean, it's... and. And uh, and what about the amount of money it costs to play? Because in order to play, some gamers got to pay fifteen to twenty dollars a month. You know, even after you've purchased the game, you still got to you may still have to pay some fees. Do they get their money's worth? Do you and think? Don't we think the American way of okay, if I'm paying this, you know, with, with, uh, the more I do it, I'm really going to get my money worth. If I only see the game once a month, and you know, I'm paying thirty bucks to play this game. But if I play this. Four times a day, you know, seven times a week. Well, man, that's equaling up to less than twenty cents. You know, right? That's how we think with things. I mean, that's how at the gym, you know, flipping to a healthy thing that they get it that it'll cost thirty bucks a month or it'll cost one hundred and fifty dollars a month for certain things. If you go every day and you can cost well, wow, you know, that means my yoga cost is only going to be. Seven dollars, or you know, where? But if I only go three times, man, that means my yoga class is going to be forty-five dollars a class. Oh, that's expensive. So we we think in those ways of I need, you know, if I put more time into it, it really is worth my time. Um, but you know, really, what is the cost of it? That those are things I think that are not being thought through. What is the real cost of this? Of thing? Well, things? that's really this is a fascinating uh, conversation, and so I think the takeaway from all of this is that. In this day and age, there are so many things to get addicted to. And when we think of addictions, we normally just think of things like alcohol and drugs, you know. But we can be addicted to video games, to pornography, to food, to, you know, <laughs> to all kinds of crazy things. And any time that you just are spending way too much time on something and to the uh, exclusion of everything else, you're probably addicted. And so it's um, time to take a, a look inside and perhaps um, see how you can get out of it. What do you What do you feel? Yeah, my takeaway, as I said, moderation of everything. I think there's three kinds of people in life. There's users, abusers, and addicts. And a user, you know, someone, and I'm not even saying that just as a drug reference, as someone who uses, uh, who plays video games, there's someone who abuses it, but it's, okay, it's starting to be a little too much. And then there's someone who, okay, this is a problem. And I think, you know, it's hard to tell, you know, those slippery slopes of things. So things are okay. I think it's just, you need to self-monitor yourself, realizing, okay, now that I've been doing this certain thing, is it affecting my other life in a negative way? Am I withdrawing from, you know, social activities and, you know, financially am I having issues? Um, if, you know, is this affecting my work, my friends, my health? Um, those are things if you need, if you can recognize or other things make people aware, you know, if there's something to, uh, you know, allowing, uh, you know, addictions are hard and that's why they're addiction because, uh, and why too they become so isolating for people is because they, there's some sense of that shame in it. And so, you know, computer things that allows that sense of, uh, you know, uh, not being seen and people don't see the amount of time they're staying on. So just recognizing in yourself any issues and knowing that there are thousands of other things on the web, on the Internet, thousands of sites out there um, that can help people for all kinds of addictions, including Internet gaming addiction. 
Excellent. Well, let's give out the website. Most definitely. Uh, we want you to check out org as well as starstyleradio.com. And when we come back from break, we will go into the June Garden and we'll just figure out what it is that we need to do now that the heat is turned up. You're listening to Star Style Radio. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Don't go away. I will be right back. Star you are. The star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, we are hoping that you're having a very powerful day and that your Memorial Day weekend was really relaxing or uh, fun and all of those things, you know, and that now you're getting ready to be uh, geared up for summer. It's like Memorial Day sort of launches the first barbecues and patio parties and all those kinds of things. So... It's time to get into the garden and get it all spruced up so that we can have a lot of fun this summer. You know, your garden really is your canvas. And Henry David Thoreau said, the world is but a canvas to the imagination. So with summer approaching so quickly, June might be one of those busiest months of the whole year. There's graduations, Father's Day, weddings, birthdays, vacations, swim meets, you know, engagement parties. There are... uh, showers, birth showers, all of that. It just seems that these 30 days offer the most opportunities for celebration. So it is time to fire up the barbecue and sweep the the patio and freshen the flower beds and just get ready for some serious fun. Now, by growing your own food, you and your family will be healthier, happier, and you'll enjoy some really great exercise in the outdoors. Get your children involved in the seed sowing, the planting and the carrying process to help them understand how food travels 
from the ground to the table and allow your garden to become your artistic canvas to showcase your imagination and your creativity throughout the summer. Now, when it comes to seed sowing, I have a couple of fun projects that you may want to do with your children. It can provide pride in growing. You may start with like radishes, lettuce, kale, zinnias, marigolds, or beans because these seeds germinate quickly. And an edible garden is especially popular with young kids. And you can just sow these seeds, you know, very simply in a patch. And I do suggest that you use some good garden soil and uh, let your kids scatter the seeds and then, you know, uh, cover them with a little bit of uh, compost or mulch and water them and then let them watch. And their excitement and their joy and their wonder and their eyes will get big when things start happening. It's really, really, really fun. And what ends up happening is you give them a lifelong learning experience that they will carry into adulthood and then they'll probably want to be growing their own food and growing their own garden when they get older. So here are some other things that you can start doing this summer. Uh, well, actually now would be a good thing so that you'd be ready for summer. First, a recycle plastic six packs, flats and pots. And you can use these to grow your own seedlings. What you do is you wash them well before beginning the process and make sure the drainage holes are not plugged. Now you can do this, the same thing with your seed sowing with your kids. Instead of just putting it in a plot of ground, you can do it in a plastic, you know, six pack or a pot. Hang a shoe organizer on a sunny wall with the pockets filled to three quarters full with soil for a fun vertical garden that is especially excellent for herbs, lettuces, and other compact plants. Buy sterile seed starting mix. It doesn't have any soil in it, and when you want to plant seeds in a container, that really works the best. Now, read your seed packets carefully. It's critical to know how to plant each variety of seed, what amount of water, sunshine, and care it will need, and you also want to know how big that plant will become. That also determines how big the plant will grow to at maturity, also determines the size of the container that you need, and if you're planting in the ground, it determines where you're going to plant. I mean, people have bought these little four-inch, you know, the Christmas trees. They think, that you know, they're like little decorative Christmas trees after Christmas, and they're only about three inches tall, not realizing that these are going to be 100-foot pine trees that are going to have a, a diameter of maybe 40, 50 feet. So <laughs> you don't want to plant that right next to your house, you know, so you, you really have to figure all of this out. Plant extra seeds because a lot of seeds will not germinate. Keep seedlings moist or they will shrivel and die as summer approaches, and that's really an important thing. But you also don't want to overwater them or they'll drown. So you just have to keep the ground moist. Thin as necessary and discard the remnants to the compost bin. Fertilize with organic micronutrients once a plant has several leaves on it. And transplant when each plant is big enough to outgrow its planter. And then reward yourself and your children with the harvest of vegetables and flowers. Now, for safety tips for being in the sunshine... This is really important. This coming week is National Sun Safety Week, June 5th through June 11th. So I have some sun safe tips uh, or strategies that I want to impart to you. You probably already know them, but it always is good to, you know, reevaluate and uh, remind ourselves of what is important. 
Apply sunscreen daily and especially before going out into the garden. Skin cancer is the most common form of cancer. And contrary to what many people believe, skin cancer can be deadly. Wear a hat to protect your head and sunglasses to protect your eyes. And then check your skin for any abnormalities and see a physician if you suspect any problems. And do it promptly because like anything else, if you uh, find something quickly, it usually can be remedied. But if you wait too late, it might be dire. Now, fireproof your garden. It's probably not possible to completely fireproof any area, but if you follow guidelines issued by the fire protection districts to create defensible spaces, that you will find that you're going to be in better shape. Now, all the fire protection districts here in California, they ask you to do these things no later than June 15th. It's already getting really warm here. I know in many states it's already warmer, but you know, here in Northern California, this weekend we were at 95 and this weekend it's this coming weekend it's supposed to hit over 100. I'm sure where Matt my engineer is in Arizona it's probably over 100 already so we just have to be really careful. So the first thing is to prevent embers from lighting uh, or igniting your home in the event of a fire by clearing leaves, needles and debris from your gutters, your eaves, your porches, your decks and of course your rooftop. Remove any dead vegetation from under your deck and all dead vegetation within 10 feet of your home. Trim weeds and grasses to three inches low. Get out that weed whacker and whack away. Prune tree branches so that the lowest branches are between six to 10 feet off the ground. You reduce the fire fuel laddering by pruning to separate trees and bushes. And so what this means is you need to separate the trees from the bushes. You don't, a, few, a fire fuel ladder is when a fire jumps from a bush to a tree or a tree to a tree. So if you have trees really close together, you're just providing one big fire ladder. But if you keep them pruned six to 10 feet off the ground, then that's going to help. And then don't have a ladder that's going up so that it can come from the ground and go up or go up down. And then maintain your property and weed whack or pull any regrowth that's out there. Now getting to your actual garden, what are some garden tips for your June garden? And I have just quite a few here for you that I think will be really helpful. Avoid using pesticides and insecticides as they kill the beneficial insects along with the invasives. Bees, bats, and bugs that help our crops reproduce and flowers flourish can be destroyed if you use pesticides or insecticides. Dine on nasturgeum for a stunning and delicious appetizer. Roll a curried egg salad into the peppery leaves of the nasturgeum. Add edible flowers to the platter. It's beautiful and delicious. Another thing, you can just make a salad out of nasturgeum. The, the paddles, the leaves are just like a lettuce but a peppery lettuce and then the flowers are also edible so that's really delicious. Pack your salads with nutritional vitamins A, C, K, iron, calcium, potassium, and folate by growing leafy greens such as frisée, mosh, romaine, bok choy, arugula, and kale. Don't forget to toss in radish and turnip tops too for an added crunch and some added nutrients. Build a raised bed for low-maintenance edible feast. Now make sure to put mesh wire on the bottom to keep out the gophers, moles, and rats. 
fill with clean soil for best results. And a raised bed is also great if you have back issues or if you're an older person and you really can't get on the, you know, bend down on your knees and get on the ground to weed, etc. So you can do raised beds as high as your waist if you want. Uh, you can do them just a few feet off the ground. But raised beds are really, really terrific and there's lots of easy ways to make them. Add a gently meandering dry creek with gravel and rocks to help with drainage runoff and provide a natural look to your landscaping. For a shaded area, plant with hosta, ferns, and lamium. Invite butterflies into your garden by providing a sunny spot for them to land, shrubs for shelter, masses of flowers for nectar, and a saucer of water for a sweet drink. Or you can also just have a little mud pool. Butterflies will like to go in the mud. But if you are having a saucer of water, make sure to change the water daily. You do not want to attract mosquito larvae. Now, deadhead roses as soon as flowers are spent to encourage continual reblooming. This is one of the best years ever for the prolific showcase of these prize winners. Recycle brown and green waste, fruit, vegetable scraps, coffee, and tea into a natural fertilizer. And make your own compost all year round to feed your plants. Pick bouquets of vibrant sweet peas and clematis for long-lasting fragrant arrangements to brighten your interiors as well as your outdoor dining areas. Grow some bidium orchids in containers located in north or northwest location to enjoy annual blooms. Some bidiums will bloom for months and they can be brought indoors for further pleasure. When the spires fade, return the pots to the coolness of the outdoors. And if you just grow in really huge containers, as I do, you can just leave them there all year because cymbidiums actually need the cold of winter to set blooms for this time of year. Now, it is time to fertilize your rhododendrons, azaleas, roses, and camellias. And don't forget, if you still have any camellia petals that have fallen on the ground, to pick those up because they do have disease on them, all camellias do, and that'll get back into the soil and it will ruin your camellias. Enjoy your, spe your special celebrations in your refreshed garden and reflect your unique personality with your plantings and artistry. Be creative in the outdoors because it's just more fun. And congratulations to everyone who is graduating and commemorating a special occasion. And for those that will be having a Father's Day, especially those dads who share the respect for Mother Nature with their children. We're wishing them um, a happy Father's Day, which is still to come, but happy gardening and happy growing. Now, the last thing before we go to our break, I just wanted to talk to you uh, or give you a suggestion for making some pestos that you may not have thought about. A lot of people make pesto. When they talk about pesto, they they call it, uh, it's out of basilica, which we say in Italian, or basil. But you can turn a lot of your other herbs into a simple pesto. And you can make them stronger or more assertive. You know, you can use milder grains to balance the taste. But here are a couple of uh, other kinds of uh, pestos that you can make that are not basil-based. How about arugula and mint? So you mix a cup of arugula, a cup of mint, some hazelnuts, and some uh, manchego cheese. And it's just fantastic. It will You can um, use it with like green beans or snap peas. And it also partners well with lamb or with pork. 
Another fun one that I like is spinach and oregano. So it's like a one and a half cups of fresh spinach, a half a cup of, of oregano. You can toss in some Asiago cheese and maybe a half a cup of walnuts. And then the next time you make a pizza, instead of putting tomato sauce, why don't you add um, this spinach and oregano sauce? I think you'll really, really like it. And another one is just, we call it a Provencal. It's just baby greens. So all different kinds, two cups of greens, whatever you like. Thyme, lavender, almonds, and pecorino cheese. And that is so great with uh, potatoes or pasta or even with chicken. So, you know, reimagine your pesto and go for it. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about networking. That can be something that's a little challenging for a lot of us because especially in this day and age of of being sole proprietors or working from home, it's a little scary to network, but we're going to give you a few tips that make it easier for you to get out there and do that elevator speech. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in just a bit. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. For today's Business Bite, I have a little short poem from Paul Kramer, an author in Hawaii. And I just thought it was very appropriate because it talks about patience. Composure through adversity, not wanting to complain, remaining steadfast, persevering, emotions able to refrain, an ability to remain calm, the power to ignore, control, respect, restraint, a capacity to endure, not losing self-control, being tolerant, staying kind, a willingness to wait, patience, a state of mind. And that is so true. That is what patience is all about. It's not a thing. It is a state of mind. And we all have the ability to be patient. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your profits into it. Your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For consultations, call 925-377-STAR or visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's 925-377-7827. Or visit CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestaryouare.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling. Well, you are here with us on the power party. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm so happy that you are with us. Well, so many of us really hate networking. And I actually happen to be one of those. I, I love to uh, be with people that I want to be with. But I'm just not one of these people that likes to go in cold to a, a party and just start handing out business cards and telling people how great I am and why they should be working with me, etc. It just... I don't know. It just rubs me wrong. But, uh, but you know, we do have to do things like this in order to get ahead. So even if you find smoothing stressful, these strategies really can help you get a career boost from your next industry cocktail hour or whatever it is that you have to go to and promote yourself. So if the thought of working the room gives you the jitters, networking functions you know, can turn even successful professionals into tongue-tied teens. And some people have such a a visceral reaction that they actually feel physically yucky. And a University of Toronto study found that networking affects some people in some really negative ways because they really, really don't like promoting themselves. Yet, industry events can also be a great place to rub shoulders with influencers, to meet recruiters, to pick up new skills, you know, to raise your professional profile, or even just to show that you are a professional. So even if you hate that schmoozing and you hate small talk, these are a few tricks that can help you thrive at the next event where you can network and hopefully, you know, turn something into a positive. First of all, we call it go backstage. So you want to get access to the key players by perhaps helping organize the event or volunteering on site. When you do that, you feel more part of the team, and then it becomes easier to talk to people. If you could check in attendees, for example, and that enables you to meet people when they walk in the door, or if you want some FaceTime with an industry influencer, why don't you be the person who picks up the keynote speaker at the airport? There's always people, um, I mean, all these different organizations, they're looking for people who are going to volunteer to drive people around or whatever. And some people love doing this, so that's a really good way to meet people. Uh, you want to set a specific goal. Instead of just feeling overwhelmed by the crowd, give yourself a work assignment, like say, You're going to make two or three meaningful connections and then leave once you've fulfilled it. That way you're going to feel more relaxed. So if you overstay, you're going to get burned out and then you're going to be less motivated to go to the next networking event. So just keep it simple. Keep it at, you know, two or three. You might want to contact people in advance if you get a list of attendees beforehand. You might want to identify the people you want to meet and then Connect them. You know, what you might want to do is introduce yourself via email ahead of the event and just say, you know, hey, hi, this is Cynthia Bryan. I read your book. I see that you're attending this conference and I'm going to be there. And I would love to have two minutes of your time just to talk about your research, you know, and make it about them and then they'll be interested in you. And for icebreakers, you might want to browse some social media feeds to find if you have any shared interests, and that can be your small talk. Because the bottom line is people like people who like what they do. So 
you know, it's like you like people who are like you. And it's not that you're looking for mini-me's, but you do want to have something that is shared. Now, keep the focus on the other person. Networking is about building a relationship. It's really and truly not about selling yourself. You don't need to deliver you know, this uh, perfect speech. You just want to have a conversation rolling with a casual starter. You want to ask more open-ended questions, and you want to let the other person do most of the talking. Now, if you have something that is genuinely a funny story that is uh, to share, that is in the context of what's going on, that's just not off the wall, and you can do it short and succinct, you know, that could be an icebreaker. The other good thing is if you can bring a wingman. Sometimes you're hesitant to approach people. So if you get a more outgoing coworker to join you at the event, perhaps that coworker will strike up the conversation with the people and then they bring you into the talk. You just don't want to avoid clinging too closely or you're going to defeat the whole pers- uh, purpose of the networking. And then you want to have an exit strategy. You want to close a conversation by setting a time to meet in the future. It was great talking to you. I mean, I'd love to get together soon over coffee or lunch or even a phone call to continue this conversation. Are you open to that? And you should ask, you know, what day and time would work for you? And don't forget to exchange a business card and to take short notes on the back about what your talk was about so you can send a meaningful follow-up. And if the person doesn't have a card, ask maybe, Do you, are you on LinkedIn? I mean, can we connect on LinkedIn? That's a, you know, another good way to do it. Now, here is the most important thing, I think. It's all about the follow-through and the follow-up. It is the last step in the process. But it's usually the step that everybody overlooks. While you are networking, it is common that you you discover needs that somebody else may have that you could fulfill. So follow up, giving the information, making the introduction, and living up to the commitment you make. You can use email to document your fulfillment, and then it's up to the receiver to act on it. But always set up your next meeting to network. Uh, hopefully before that session ends because what you're trying to do when you're networking is you're building relationships and building relationships takes time it takes exposure it takes repetition payoffs occur over time so scheduling follow-up time is the investment in the process now you do have to realize people are really really busy and they may not have the time to follow up and you have to accept that But in any case, you can just still say to them, well, you know, I'll follow up with an email to you in a month. You'll have to judge the frequency of your get-togethers and whatever it is, you just want to try to stay current. But all I can tell you is I got my first book published because I was given a business card and told, you know, I know somebody who may be interested. Give this person a uh, call and get your manuscript to them. And I followed up with the call I had my agent send the manuscript, and within two weeks, I had a call back that they were interested, and they set up a meeting with me. Had I not followed through, I wouldn't have had my book published, and that book was Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. That went on to win several awards, so definitely follow up. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for being great listeners, allowing us into your life. Make sure you're tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. With me, Cynthia Bryan, and of course, Heather Brittany, and our T for Two and our Health Matters segment. 
every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here live on the Voice America Network. We're coming to you on the Empowerment Channel. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style and what we do, visit CynthiaBryan.com. Uh, to make a donation or get involved with a charity, visit BeTheStarYouR.org. Our aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but remember to celebrate every second of your life because that's all you have. And I encourage you to uh, read a book this week, and I hope it is Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style Radio, and I'm thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Make it a fabulous week of dreaming, creating, inspiring, and most of all, making a difference. And we'll be together next week, live, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. It's Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thanks for joining me. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, keep caring. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.